Have you found that balance between some fast-paced action moments and slower character-driven moments like conversations between your characters that you can use to reveal their differences, their similarities, if maybe their relationship is doomed and it just cannot work, or that it's hopeful and you can hardly wait to bring them together at the end. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a Writer's Day podcast. I'm excited to have you here today, starting a new year, a new podcast season. My name is Ruth Douthit, and I started this podcast for you, those who want to learn more about writing and those who want to listen to amazing, best-selling published authors talk about their books and their writing journeys. So welcome. And in this podcast series, I'm going to be talking about what it takes to craft the perfect suspense thriller as we unravel the secrets, the foundation of suspense, building tension through pacing, and how to craft an unforgettable villain. That's right. So I hope that you're excited to learn more about what it takes to write a suspense. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to my podcast, share the news, share the word with other people who are looking for writing podcasts, and shoot me a comment. I'd love to know what you think about these episodes. And uh, I am just so honored in that 2023, my podcast audience grew by 70% and now goes as far as Germany and parts of Africa and Canada. And so I'm just so honored to have all of you listening, learning more about writing. And be sure and head over to my website at artbyruth.com to sign up for my newsletter where you'll learn more about my upcoming writing projects this year and book events and also book funnel promotions where you can actually download free books. And if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll receive a free PDF copy of my award-winning YA novel, The Road to Home. Okay, you know the drill. Grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back and relax as we learn more about building tension through pacing in today's episode. Now, last time I used movies like Seven and some other suspense movies, but this time I'm going to be talking about the classic Alfred Hitchcock movie, Rear Window. And if you want to write suspense and haven't watched any Hitchcock movies, shame on you. You need to watch Rear Window. It's my favorite Hitchcock movie. And I'm going to explain why in this episode, but it will help you learn more about writing suspense because Hitchcock was the best. Very few knew how to build tension through pacing like Hitchcock. So in today's episode, we're going to break down the role of pacing in sustaining suspense throughout the entire narrative. It's not an easy thing to do. I know I've been writing a suspense book over the last few months and it's hard, but I've also been reading quite a few suspense novels and I'm just amazed at some of these authors like Nancy Mel, Lynette Eason, Patricia Bradley, and Jessica Arpatch, how well they do it. But we're going to be using Rear Window today because it is a classic. We're going to explore the techniques such as cliffhangers, foreshadowing, and strategic reveals. So get ready. 
So for those of you who haven't seen Rear Window, there will be a few spoilers, but I'll let you know. And those of you who have, let's go over the characters. Remember, in this movie, the setting is very important, much like it was in the movie Seven that I talked about last time. This movie is set during the summer in the big city, and that matters because our hero, Jeff, who is played by Jimmy Stewart, is stuck in his apartment, his rear-facing apartment. His rear window overlooks uh, the courtyard, where we are introduced. This is how Hitchcock does it. He's so brilliant at this. He takes the camera and he scans through the apartment so that we get to know more about Jeff, the main character. And then he also scans over the courtyard where we get to know the neighbors. The neighbors will play important parts in this story. So we have strategic reveals. As the camera pans through the apartment, we learn more about Jeff. So much is revealed about him in these opening scenes. We see the courtyard, the active neighbors, the photographs in Jeff's apartment, which show us that he is a photographer, a live action photographer. And we also see a stack of fashion magazines. And we're thinking, wait a minute, what? Is he a fashion photographer? No, but these magazines will be important later on. And we also see him in a wheelchair asleep and that he has a broken leg. We see the broken camera. And so we think, oh, this must have been an accident. He has one leg in a cast foot all the way to hip and we wonder how on earth is he you know what happened to get him in that wheelchair and so as we get to know him we know his desire his desire is to get back out there in the action to get out of that cast and to get back to the action and so as the camera uh, pans over the courtyard we get to see that some of the neighbors one is a sculptor and she's out working on her latest sculpture one is a jazz pianist and he's up there tinkering on the piano writing a new song he's obviously very frustrated it's not coming together as much as well as he would like we see a young newlywed couple just arriving into their apartment we see a young girl who's a dancer and she's dancing around her apartment not wearing too many clothes and she has an adorable figure which jimmy stewart notices <laughs> and then we see a woman in bed and she doesn't look like she's really sick but she seems kind of younger but she's bedridden and her husband brings her a tray and so it's obvious that she's bedridden and her husband has to take care of her so we see that scene and then we see an older woman probably in her 50s mid 50s late 50s and she's single and she lives alone in her apartment and then we see another couple who likes to sleep outside on the patio on their uh, back balcony of their apartment and because it's summertime and this was in the 60s, so there was probably no air conditioning. So they sleep on the back uh, balcony of their window with their little dog. All this is happening on a very busy, probably a Saturday afternoon. In comes Lisa, the love interest of Jeff, played by the beautiful Grace Kelly. And she, it works for that fashion magazine. She works for the fashion industry and she comes in, sweeps in and starts kissing him. And that's when we know they are love interests. Her desire is to have a place in Jeff's life, his very busy, action-packed life. Well, she just loves that he's 
stuck in this wheelchair because now she gets to take care of him. She brings him dinner from the famous restaurant 21 and everything's perfect. And she desperately wants a place in Jeff's life. But he tells her she can't because as soon as he gets out of that cast, he's gone. He's out in Africa or, you know, in the mountains photographing. And there's no way she can come with him wearing high heels and the latest fashion. So she's very frustrated. You could see that she's very frustrated and leaves in a huff. But as she leaves, we see that it's nighttime and the courtyard has quieted down. And Jeff knows that that one woman is bedridden and their apartment is dark. And as he starts to fall asleep in the chair, we hear a woman scream and a crashing of like a vase or something. So like glass breaking. And then that's it. We don't see anything else. So this is a beautiful way that Hitchcock shows us the impact of pacing. At the beginning, it's very fast paced. We're moving around the courtyard. Everybody's busy, busy, busy about their lives, the traffic, the people walking on the street. Contrast that with Jeff, who's sitting still in his wheelchair. Beautiful way of showing that contrast, that irony, right? He's an action photographer stuck in a wheelchair, overlooking a very busy, action-packed courtyard. So think of your story. How are you using pacing to draw your readers in? Is it start off fast paced and then slow down a little bit for those character driven moments like conversations between Lisa and Jeff about their differences and their doomed relationship? Your story should have those moments that slow down a little bit so that you can reveal more about your character, what they want and what's keeping them from getting what they want. Very much like the conversations between Brad Pitt's wife and Morgan Freeman in the movie Seven, or even between Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, those are chances that uh, the director used to reveal about the characters certain attributes and desires that they have, the goals that they have. In Hitchcock, the Rear Window movie, he does a great job of showing that. One of the strategic reels he does is showing Mr. Thorwald's flowers. And Lars Thorwald is the man who is taking care of his wife. He loves his roses in the courtyard. He gets very angry when the dog starts digging in those court, in those flowers. And another way that Hitchcock beautifully shows us the importance of those flowers to Mr. Thorwald is when his wife was bedridden, he brought her a tray of breakfast. And he put a beautiful rose in a vase on her tray. The rose came from his garden. She picks it up, smells it, and tosses it aside. And you can see the look on his face of disgust. As if to say, how can you not appreciate that beautiful rose? So there's another way that Hitchcock shows that strategic reveal, the tension between the husband and the wife, that they just don't get along. They're different, different people. So think about your story. How can you show those differences between your characters in just little subtle moments like that? And why does it matter? It matters because your readers might be able to relate to such a stressed relationship or relate to Jeff and Lisa's doomed relationship. And that's what you want. You want your readers to somehow relate to your characters. 
So in that reveal, we learn much about Jeff and Lisa. His desire is to get back into action. Her desire is to have a place in Jeff's life. The murder of Thorwald's wife provides an opportunity for both desires to be satisfied. In solving the mystery of Thorwald's missing wife, when the, when the sun rises and he looks out into the courtyard, the wife is gone. The sheets are off her bed. It's just a mattress, and that's it. What happened to Thorwald's wife is the big mystery. Jeff and Lisa suspect she's been murdered, and that maybe, just maybe, he buried part of his wife in the garden, the rose garden, because the little dog keeps digging in there, and Thorwald does not like it. So just by having that murder mystery now, what happened to the wife? Jeff gets back into action. He starts spying on Thorwald with his camera lens. He starts watching him. He sees him cleaning off some knives and saws and packing them away. He sees him packing a huge case, like a um, trunk, and tying it off with rope and having it hauled away. He's convinced Thorwald has killed his wife and um, probably chopped up her body and sent it away. Lisa, at first, is disgusted and doesn't believe, and she thinks Jeff is being macabre and everything, but then she starts to notice some things too. Now she's drawn into this murder mystery and she surprises Jeff by actually going over to Lars Thorwald's apartment to search it, to find out what's going on. She finds Mrs. Thorwald's purse and wedding ring is still there in the apartment. And Jeff just can't believe it. He can't believe his eyes when he sees Lisa um, acting this way, full of adventure and action. He never thought she had it in her. So she surprises Jeff. And when she comes back, she says, he did murder his wife because she left behind her purse. And no woman would go out of town without her purse and her wedding ring. So Rear Window is a fantastic Alfred Hitchcock movie that shows you the importance of building that suspense by withholding some information and raising key questions that pique the reader's curiosity, or in this case, the viewer's curiosity. What happened to Mrs. Thorwald? Why is Mr. Thorwald packing up her room and packing up that huge trunk? Why is he using saws and knives and leaving the apartment at two o'clock in the morning? He's a jewelry salesman. What jewelry salesman leaves at two o'clock in the morning to make a sale? All of these questions make you wonder. So think back to your own story you're working on right now. Have you done that? Have you built suspense by withholding some information from the reader and raising key questions that pique the reader's curiosity? Have you found that balance between some fast-paced action moments and slower character-driven moments like conversations between your characters that you can use to reveal their differences, their similarities, if maybe their relationship is doomed and it just cannot work, or that it's hopeful and you can hardly wait to bring them together at the end, but perhaps the killer is the main obstacle keeping them from coming together. So think about some of your favorite suspense movies and books. Think about those slower moments when the author had you read 
about the character-driven moments, the conversations between them. How did it help move the plot forward, yet create that character development? Character development plays a big role in generating suspense. For example, if a character's desire is not fulfilled by the end of the book, the story will not feel complete for the reader, but that desire must be revealed early on, too. That's something I need to work on in my current work in progress. What is my character's main desire? At this point, she really wants a quiet life. She's a former police officer and forensic psychologist. She's been in law enforcement and the criminal justice system for years. So she quit to start writing novels. And she wrote suspense thrillers, making her a best-selling author. And things are going very well. Except now... There's a threat out there that is not only threatening her life, but that peaceful, quiet life that she so desires. And it's drawing her back in to that criminal system again. And then the hero of my story, well, he is in law enforcement and he wants to retire and have a quiet life too. But this one last case is drawing him in and it might threaten that peaceful life with the woman that he finds himself falling in love with. So remember Rear Window, Jeff's desire was to get back to the action. And this murder mystery is allowing that to happen, ironically, from a wheelchair while he's wearing a cast. Lisa's desire is to have a place in Jeff's life. And because she believes that Thorwald killed his wife, now she has a place in Jeff's life. She's helping him solve this murder mystery, taking risks, showing Jeff that she can leave the comfort of her high heels and thousand dollar fashion dresses and take that risk and go and try and solve this crime. He is just amazed and he falls in love with her just watching her take these risks. And she's amazed because I don't think she realized she had it in her, but she does. So at the end of the story, both characters had their desires fulfilled. He got back into action and she found a place in Jeff's life. Ah, don't you just love a good story like that? I highly recommend you go out and watch Rear Window. You can stream it today with Jeff's, with Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly in the classic Alfred Hitchcock suspense thriller. Next time, we're going to look at the art of plot twists and how do you craft the unforgettable villain like Lars Thorwald. So we'll keep talking about Rear Window in our next episode as well. I'm so glad that you joined me today and I hope that you learned something new. I know I have. Crafting that perfect suspense thriller relies heavily on tension through pacing. And Rear Window is that perfect example. So keep going on this writing journey. Go out and try and write something every single day. Always be willing to learn more and uh, be encouraged. Someone out there needs to read your story. Until next time, God bless.